uh, joining us? Well, when the ball guys last left you last week, <laughs> we were hoping we'd uh, be talking about a new head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. That has not happened yet. We'll circle back to that topic, but things have gone from bad to worse for the team as now we're dealing with some pretty serious allegations against our star running back, Dalvin Cook. Let me just read you the latest from ESPN, and then I'd love to get your guys' reaction um, to this story and to some pretty bad behavior in the NFL overall. Uh, ESPN, just a few minutes ago with this, Minnesota Vikings star running back Dalvin Cook allegedly abused a former girlfriend, causing a concussion during an altercation at his home last year. The Star Tribune reported the woman filed a lawsuit in Dakota County District Court accusing uh, Cook of assault, battery, and false imprisonment. Uh, however, Cook's attorney, Dave Valentini, said his client was assaulted by the woman after she broke into his residence, saying in a statement last night that she later tried to extort him of millions of dollars. The Vikings released a statement saying they recently received notification from Dalvin Cook's legal representative regarding a situation that occurred between Cook and and a female acquaintance. And uh, upon learning of this, we immediately notified the NFL. We are in the process of gathering more information and will withhold further comment at this time. Uh, in, into the, the crux of the story, the woman, uh, Graceland Trimble, a sergeant in the U.S. Army, um, according to the, uh, the newspaper, the Star Tribune, according to the lawsuit, she flew to Minnesota. This is about this time last year to break up with Cook and get her belongings from his home when things allegedly turned violent. Uh, she accused Cook of giving her a concussion, leaving a scar on my face and taking me through hell. The newspaper said that according to the suit, she used mace on him before going into his bedroom grabbing his gun and calling a friend for help, leading the running back to attack her with a broomstick. When she returned to Florida after the altercation, she told medical personnel she had been in an ATV accident after seeking treatment for her injuries. Valentini, however, said in his statement yesterday that she allegedly used a stolen garage door opener to enter his home illegally and then attacked him and a guest there using mace on him upon entering and forcing Cook and his guests to remain at the residence at gunpoint for hours. Cook's lawyer alleges that Trimble has been attempting to extort money from Cook ever since. So there's there's the crux of it right there. Uh, classic he said, she said. And uh, reactions, guys, to this uh, latest uh, latest issue in the NFL involving uh, domestic violence. I don't know enough about the story. I did read it when it broke, mm -hmm. but there's her side of the story comes across as pretty sketch at some points. So I think they're going to have to work through this and figure it out because I, I, I mean, every time somebody makes an allegation and I certainly hope he wasn't abusive, but every, I mean, every time one of these people make an allegation like this, they immediately write these guys off, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know enough. I think they're going to have to dig into this because I, I think I don't know what kind of legs it actually has yet. We'll have to see. I, I don't know enough about it. I, I need more information. I'm with George on that, and I I don't know what side to believe necessarily. I just really hope they they get these. I think there's at least one or maybe two other people at the residence at the time of the alleged assault. So I really want to know what they saw and what mm -hmm. they are saying about that incident from a year ago. Uh, there, there's parts of this story that make me believe 
that Dalvin is telling the truth. And I, 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 I that she may, well, we, well, we're going to, they're going to have to dig into this, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we have to see, you gotta be careful about, about how yeah. you address this stuff. Right. Right. And, and I don't even think it's our job to judge who do we believe, right. who's telling the truth, who isn't that, that that's not on us. Um, it's just, it's just more bad behavior. So you have the, the Raiders already have their issues. Oh God. Yeah. And it, and it got worse. Yeah. So it starts with rugs, right? Henry rugs, uh, what wide receiver, I think, I guess it doesn't matter. Yes. But, um, no longer with the team, but he's driving drunk twice the legal limit, 150 some odd miles an hour. Right. Isn't that the, yeah. And rear ends. Some poor innocent lady and and her and her dog. She'd been out walking her dog and uh, and rear ends him. Big huge ball of fire kills them both. And uh, and that so that was story number one for the Raiders. Now the Raiders had to uh, release cornerback Damon Arnett after he posted a video of himself waving guns around and threatening to kill someone. Listen to the audio of this. I swear to God, I will kill you. <laughs> On everything I love, I will kill you. You talking crazy? <laughs> like I really did kill you. I really did kill you. And I ain't the only one here. We got a whole army in this hole. <laughs> pull up right now. It's five minutes away. All right, pull up right now. Wow. Okay. So it, th- this is just not what the NFL needs. That I mean, that things are going so well for the NFL right now. I mean, the the games are so gripping that that all of us think there's some sort of. <laughs> The fix is in, right? That they're writing these storylines because even, you know, even the most boring of games comes right down to the wire and comes right down to the minute. This is the last thing the NFL needs. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it, these guys have been catered to their entire lives, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they've ever been held accountable. I think when they've gotten trouble, when a lot of them were younger, they always had somebody there to bail them out, and they weren't in the spotlight yet. And now they are. It's like the, uh, what was the guy's name? Aaron uh, Hernandez? Was that the guy? Aaron yes. Yeah. And they yeah, do the, the documentary about him and his life. And and here's a guy, you know, just like Ruggs, who has everything. Oh, yeah. In front of him. Young. Talented. Rich. <laughs> driving right. around in a, in a sports car none of us will ever be able to afford in our lifetimes. And they just can't get away from that thug life that they grew up in. They just can't separate themselves from that sometimes. And it's just it's just hard to imagine how you choose that. You and, know? you know, when rookies come into the league, they have to go through that whole process. You know, they have to go mm-hmm. through, hey, watch out for this and that. And you have to be careful and all that. And, and for now for this to still happen, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I really, specifically with the Ruggs case, and I am by no means defending what he did. He's, it's horrible. But, he, I mean, you take a kid that age, you're a first-round draft pick, you are a star mm-hmm. in the NFL, and you're at that age, and all of a sudden you have all of this money. I mean, he was at Top Golf with his friends. He was drinking. He and his girlfriend got into his Corvette, and he drove really fast. I, I mean, when you're that age with that kind of money, he made a horrible mistake, and it cost somebody their life, mm-hmm. right? And, it, and it's, it's ruined his life. His life is over. He had it all in front of him, and it's gone. But mm-hmm. I think, man, when you when you come from a lot of the areas where these kids do, and you have all of that, I mean, I could have seen myself at his age at Top Golf 
drinking with my friends, getting into a, a really nice sports car mm-hmm. and driving fast home. I could have, I, and then, you know, what this happens and all of a sudden there it is. His life is over. Yeah. It's almost too much all at once. It is. Yeah. It's crazy. It's sad. It really is. That's why when Derek Carr came out and talked about it, I was, I was really impressed with him when he said, you know what you, the, 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 he's feeling a certain way about himself right now. And you know, and he was like, he needs to be loved. And if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. Doesn't fix what he did. And he right. killed somebody and he's, gonna, and he's going to pay for it. But I mean, he's just a young, it's sad. It really is. It's sad that these guys are in the position they're in. And I think that leads to a lot of it. You almost wish uh, that veterans would be paired up as mentors with some of these rookies. And I mean, some right. of that has to happen organically. It just has to happen on its own. But you wish there'd almost be that that's required because he, you're right. Uh, you got to have a guy. If you could pair up a young kid with a guy who's been in the league forever and has already been through what these young kids have been gone through, uh, it, maybe it would help. I don't know. Maybe not. But it's just but then, so tragic. Yeah. And then, the, but then you get the guys like Arnett, right? That there's just no excuse for that kind of behavior at all. No. No. None. Uh, that's, that's all bad for the league. Um, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers thing. Can we talk about that? I mean, <laughs> how, how tiny of a slap on the wrist did he get for the whole lying about uh, COVID and lying about grand? You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. That's what I said. He's got that kind of money in his couch cushions. The, Aaron Rodgers. Don't you believe this is an example of preferential treatment for a guy that they need in the league? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, he put other teams at risk. He put his own teams at risk for a potential forfeit had the virus spread. Right, you got a fourteen thousand dollar fine. You got to f and be kidding me. Yeah, I respect his opinion. If he doesn't want to get vaccinated, I respect yeah. that. But That's he lied. Yes, he lied and deceived his team and everybody else. He could have just said, "I'm not going to get vaccinated and I'll follow <laughs> protocol," but yeah. he lied. Yeah, and and I guess he. When the league treats you like like you're above everybody else, you start to believe that, and yeah, you start right. to think I'm better. The rules don't apply to me. I'm better than everybody else, right? Yeah. Who do they play this weekend? Whoever they are playing, I'm a huge fan of them. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else in Green Bay. Um, what? What? <laughs> and the the even worse is he's got to be laughing because he gets a week off. He gets a slap on the wrist, and and the biggest win for Aaron Rodgers last week is that Jordan Jordan Love came out and played like absolute hot garbage. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Just like, well, there you go. That's your next guy. Next, right, up. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. We're in the headlights for sure. Right. Yeah. Oh man, that was <laughs> rough, you guys. Jordan Love, and I think we were all watching because we just wanted to see, like, hey, what. What's he gonna do? What's this gonna be like? And it was it was worse than anybody could have imagined. Isn't it amazing though? If he's just one guy, and if you take him away from that team, the Packers are not a good football team. Right. Right. Uh, and there's really no reason to believe that he will be back with the Packers next year. I mean, no, no. they made nice because they had to at the beginning of the season. But I think we're still on track for him to leave at the end of this season, to leave Green Bay. Do you still feel that way? And and if so, how how screwed are the Packers with, with Jordan Love? He'll have some time to calm down, but did, he he did not look good. 
Well, he's got his girlfriend out on the West Coast, so I think he's probably eyeballing something out there. Maybe San Francisco. Who knows? Oh, uh, yeah. But, but the, he always does this, though. He creates the drama. Mm-hmm. He tries to get people thinking one way, and then he comes back with the aw shucks. I really love it here. This is where I want to play. When he gets what he wants. I hope not. Man, I hope not. I, hope, I, hope, I know. I, hope I know. I don't want him here either. Yeah. Just get him out of our division. I don't care where he goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and had the Vikings, you know, been able to win these past two weeks, which they should have, they probably should have beaten the Cowboys. They probably should have won this past um Sunday and and the, the the Packers end up losing with Jordan Love. We just ah, it's just you beat your head against the wall because you, nobody the Bears right they're not a factor the Lions aren't a factor and um it would it would have been exciting because we got two games coming up with Green Bay and if the Vikings could have just been you know a 500 team or a game above 500 those games would really mean something against the Packers. I know it's depressing. Mm. <laughs> it's just. Yeah. I mean, it real because we could easily be right there with them, you know, with the yeah. same record. We could literally easily just a, yeah. a couple of different things happen, a couple of different plays, because all of our games are just heart attack games. You mean had we tried to win the game? Yes. Yeah. 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 Instead of I mean, trying not to lose, we... Spence and we, you and I talked about the the bar interception in overtime and how the Vikings just sat on it. It was. You know? It was embarrassing. And and I got sucked back into it. I turned on Ravens Vikings, really hoping for a Ravens blowout win. And I can count on one hand the number of times I've turned on a Viking game in my lifetime as a ball guy, and wanted my team to lose. But I really did because it just it, it, if we keep winning and we keep settling for mediocrity, nothing's going to happen with with changes at the top with management. And and then and then what happens? They play really well, and they come out, and they get a touchdown, and they're doing some some really interesting things on offense, and they're spreading the ball all around, and they they do a fake punt, and they they run a kickoff back for a touchdown, and they get they they recover two turnovers. Everything a team should should do that that you would normally win a game, and then because they get all all just safe and boring and predictable in overtime, they end up losing. Bargains that big interception, and then we just we just crapped the bet on offense. How many other NFL coaches who you know would have watched Kenny and Wangu run that back and go, "Hey, you know what? Might want to get him the ball right other times during the game because right. he's got lights out speed. Yes. You know, yeah. try and get give him a couple reps at running back. You yeah. want to give him a screen pass? Yeah. If nothing else, put him out there as deception. Because the, right. the the opposition's gonna go, oh my god, he just torched us on that on that return. Let's put a guy or two on him, and now you got something open for Thielen, you got something open for Jefferson, and it, no. Instead, with the game on the line in overtime, after the interception, bar with the big tip and then the interception, we have a run for little gain, we have a run and lose yards, then we have an incomplete pass, and then we punt. I mean that just, and then we're just back to what I hate about this team this year. It's just so predictable. When we slide back into that that predictable habit, we get the same results over and over. 
Uh, I was jacked. I mean, Anthony Barr made that unreal catch. Yes. Like, oh my God, here we go. All we need is a field goal. Right. And we got to win. And then we we lay down a big turd out, the big purple turd there. I'm like, good. <laughs> yeah. Then we get a 12 men on the field penalty too during all that. I'm just like, come on, honest to God. We had a lot of penalties, eight penalties in that game for 107 yards. And our, our defense was not to make excuses, but our defense was gassed by the end of that game. 89 plays that the defense was out there for compared 40, to 52 for 46 minutes. They had the ball yeah. for 46 minutes. Our defense on the with including overtime, mm-hmm. 46 minutes of that game. Jeez. So, Twice as much. And that just, uh, you can't expect your defense to be out there for that many plays and have a lot left in the tank for overtime. And it shouldn't no. have come to that. It shouldn't have come to that because we had a chance. We had a chance earlier in the game, too. And and here's my other pet peeve with the Vikings is they lack killer instinct. When they have a chance, when they're up on a team and they have a chance to go up by enough points that you're going to just take the life out of the other team, we take our our boot off their throat. And for some reason, we let them back in. So I'll take you to the uh, right before the half last Sunday. Bynum gets the interception, and it looks like we can stick the dagger. And then what do we do? Cook up the middle, nothing. Overthrow to Thielen, incomplete to Jefferson. We settle for a... We settle for a freaking field goal. So what happens? The Ravens get the ball with a minute 30, and, of course, they march down, and they get a touchdown. And now it's 17-10 at the half. You could have gone up 24-3 and really just put that game out of reach. It's tough to watch. It really is. Well, I think I figured out when they're going to sack Mike Zimmer. You want the date? I guess yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it is going to – oh, did I close out that? Oh, I'm going to close that out. Well, it's going to be in November. It's going to be in November. Let's see if I can get back to this real quick. After the Packer game or what? Uh, well, here's what. Hold on a second. What's your date? Uh, well, I had it already, too. So I, they're probably going to lose on Sunday. At the Chargers, right? Yeah. Probably going to lose to the Chargers. And then you have the Packers. So that's probably two losses there. I don't know what's going to happen in San Francisco on the 28th, but circle November 28th on your calendar, uh, about 7 p.m., maybe 8. I think that's when the hammer falls. I think we lose those three games. I think you lose to your division rival on the 21st, and then you drop the axe. You're past Thanksgiving. You've got only six games left on the schedule. You've got a soft one against the Lions, uh, on December 5th, uh, I could really see it being then. I don't think you want to fire him, bring in a new guy, and then lose three straight because you kind of get a little bit of the stink on him then. I don't know. Am I on something or am I on to something? What do you think? Well, I, you might, I, go ahead. No, I, I just think anybody, they if if they do fire Zimmer during the season, I think anybody that they throw in there would be just interim anyways. Mm-hmm. I, I think there would be they would shop probably and look for the right guy in the off season. Yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. If, I don't, I don't think that, you know, I, I don't know if they will fire him. I think they might just ride this out knowing that it's depending if they lose the next couple of games, will they just ride it out? Draft order. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. How many games are we out now? The, the wild card right now. 
game his surprisingly game? enough the <laughs> nfc is so bad, so bad. I, hate to br- I hate to bring this up but we're not out of it right we're not out of it if they if they finish i think nine and eight gets you in in the nfc this year that's sick but it's the truth it's barely over 500 but i think that'll get i looked because i looked right i went in there and i checked and i'm like our whole division's bad right yep. Yep. and there's a lot of teams with three wins there's a handful of really good teams, and then after right. that, everybody's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's just bad records, like the Vikings. Guys, that means they would have to go six and three. <laughs> yeah, I don't see six. Do we wins see them that. getting six more wins. I <laughs> yeah. eight teams and Green Bay twice. I know, but if if I, they crank, I love it. <laughs> it's it, this is classic Vikings fans <laughs> clinging to a thread, right? I mean, you're just like, we're not out of it yet. Until we're mathematically eliminated, I guess you know. But I, I, I don't. I just, I don't think they'll get in. But it wouldn't shock me. Well, I'm going to stick with my November 28th prediction. You guys, All right. you guys, hold me to it, and we'll see what happens. I think that the problem with if, if you do ride him out the rest of the year because you're just like, well, what does it matter anyway? I think it sends a very bad message to your fan base. Yeah, I think it sends a bad message to the team. And how long will it be at that point then that we hear about a good player wanting to leave? How long will it be until somebody goes, uh, trade me? This is ridiculous. It, it and it it's happened, it's happened before. I believe there was a guy named Diggs that was pretty good on the team uh, right. back in the day, and he had had enough of this, and he had had enough of losing and not being utilized the way he's supposed to, much like a Jefferson or a Thielen or or uh, any of these guys on offense. And and I think frustration is gonna grow, and I think some of the some of these very talented players that we have may want out of here because of that. How come we haven't heard, and maybe you guys have, and I'll, I apologize if I haven't, but how come we haven't heard a single word from the Will family or Spielman about their coach, about the situation? All we hear from is just the head coach right now. I don't know. And and, and the funny thing is we all know what the problem is with this really conservative offense when we get any lead at all mm-hmm. and they go back and they keep doing the same thing every single week and and it's being brought up not just by us everybody Everyone. Everyone. everybody's bringing it up and then they come back and we're like okay they're gonna they, they know what they're doing wrong but they don't they go back to that same game plan and i don't get it i'm with you i mean they, they had one good run a couple other okay runs but one really good run and then the rest of the time they got stuffed pretty much. I'm like, why yeah. are you continue to just ram it left, right, left tackle, right tackle, and get the same result? It's yeah, so frustrating. Yeah, they did some really imaginative stuff early in the game, and they fooled me, and they had me thinking that they had gone away from the conservative, boring, predictable offense. And then when it mattered most, they went right back to it. It's yeah, it's the it's, very definition of insanity. They right. keep doing this literally. They right. keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, expecting a different result. It's not going to happen. No, no, it it's never will. <laughs> it just won't. And uh, the frustration grows, the anger grows with uh, with each time they go back to that. Uh, Golden Gophers frustrated the hell out of us on Saturday with a very winnable game against Illinois. And in typical Minnesota fashion, we got all fired up because we're, we're looking ahead and we're thinking, gee whiz, 
we run the tables here or even even three out of four wins in the final um, four games and you could be playing for a Big Ten championship. And then they just lose to Illinois. It was it was <laughs> it was Bowling Green all over again, you guys. I, I was literally looking at tickets and hotel rooms in Indianapolis thinking Big Ten. I would be yeah. there December 4th watching the Big Ten Championship. I really so, so I had that on Saturday and then Sunday the Vikings lost. And I just it's the same thing every Monday morning. I get up and do I even want to get up? <laughs> Too depressed. It is. <laughs> I, I don't know what's happened to Tanner Morgan, but Oh, man, I, I'm about done with them. I'm sure they'll go with them again, but they will. You know, they got a guy. They got they got Anikstead. They could. They, there's a guy there to make a chance. That's that's what's frustrating. It's one thing if you're like, man, we got you know, we got some redshirt kid, or we got you know, somebody's injured, or uh, there's a viable option there. But I think you're right, Spence. I don't I don't see PJ Fleck pulling the trigger. And and making a change at QB, even though the situation kind of screams for it. Yeah, I think ego is involved, and they won't make that decision now. So, and I've seen, you know, when he played for West, the kid's got a really, really good arm. I think his brother still plays for him too. But um, I, I guess, I guess we're, we're stuck with Tanner the rest of the way, probably. Uh, they're at Iowa this Saturday, a two thirty game, and uh, they they. <laughs> They want to do anything. They got to get a win, but uh, losing to Illinois, losing to Bowling Green, just kind of just takes the wind right out of your sails. Um, doesn't do much for rankings either. So <laughs> that's tough. Uh, it's hard being a Minnesota fan, isn't it? I mean, it's tough being a ball guy. It's, I mean, <laughs> we're hardy stock because man, it's just, it, it, it's, it's usually bad. Well, let's talk something positive. We, it's not all negative. How about your Minnesota Wild, right? Minnesota Wild, eight and three, 16 points in a brand new season. Uh, one point behind St. Louis, I think, in the standings right now. And, uh, Spence, all they do is come back and win games. That's all they do. Yeah. I think they had the lead in, I think, just one of these games so far. No, something. Right? And even with the weird, the weird schedule that they've had, because they, they played like last Tuesday, then they had all week long. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the week off, then they play Saturday, Sunday, and then they have back-to-back wins, back-to-back comeback wins. And like, wow, I mean, especially the Saturday one was, mm-hmm. if you watch that, was extraordinary to, to come back and win that with the, the shootout and then come back the next night and win. So, good Lord, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. I, some pr- surprises, I, I always liked Felino, mm-hmm. And yeah, he can fight and he can jump punch. <laughs> on skates, but man, the hits he's had and the goals he's put in, he's he's having a terrific season for the Wild. I mean, a lot of guys are, but it, it's it's a lot of different guys in lot. And the lineup has really changed, right, over the last right. year and a half. They were talking about that when they were playing Pittsburgh on on Sunday. Zucker, who's been gone a year and a half, barely recognized anybody on the team. And that's but, something. Yeah, uh, the change they had and the mentality they have now. With this new GM, I think really helps too. So they're fun. They're fun to watch. Yeah, he's really come in and and he's kind of done what as a wild fan you were kind of screaming for. Clean house. <laughs> and he did. You're right. I mean, Zucker's right. You look around that that locker room and it's it's you know, not just addition by subtraction. It's the the players that he's gone out and got have paid dividends. They've been good, solid choices. And I think it is a positive, though, losing some of the negativity 
in in the locker room and i'm talking about parisi and i'm talking about Suter and and uh uh who who's the, who's the centerman who's the captain forever uh they finally cut the old guy um drawing a blank oh yeah i know the <laughs> foreign dude yeah the <laughs> like how soon we forget because you're talking about Koivu. Captain Koivu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gone. Uh, all these names that were, you know, the signature names, and yet he's been able to to turn it around so quick and have success. And um, you don't even have some of the big guys firing on all cylinders yet this season. So it's uh, it, it's kind of fun to see. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed the fact that the Islanders came back to Minnesota and Zach Parisi was was playing for the Islanders, right? He's left here now. And he really didn't do much. He really didn't do much. And I'm sure he wanted to so bad, right? Yeah. Well, that whole, go ahead. That whole thing with Suter and Parisi, and, and they kept hanging on to it, right? Mm -hmm. he, we talked about cleaning house. As painful as that was, yep. that, that was what needed to happen. And obviously, they've got something. they got some serious mojo going now. Yeah. Uh, I like this fiery Bill Gurren too. I just I think yeah, that mentality. Right? And um, I, does he have a brother that coaches football? I'd sure like to know. <laughs> we take him. <laughs> we take him right now. You got to get a brother that coaches football. Like the Vikings can use a little firing up. <laughs> Let's make him general manager slash head coach. He can do both. And Zim can take his soft attitude, go back to his cabin with his hot, hot Maxim girlfriend. Hot Maxim girlfriend. Smoke show. And just go enjoy retirement, Zim. No more eye surgeries for you. Just go retire. <laughs> That's why he wanted the eye surgeries. He wanted to see his smoke show girlfriend even better. That's what he was, That's what he was going after. Uh, Timberwolves are, are breaking our hearts again. God, they, they flashed some defensive skills early in the season, and they, they teased us a little bit. Now they're kind of back to their crappy don't-play-defense ways. Am I wrong? <laughs> no. You're right. The defense stunk. Uh, uh, I watched the game two nights ago. They had the 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, and then they missed some shots, and then there was turnover, missed shot, turnover, missed shot. I'm like, you got to be kidding me with this. Can't win like that. Right. And then Cat hits that, you know, fantastic buzzer. Oh, yeah. To force overtime, you're thinking, yeah. okay, here we go. Maybe they can come back and win. And, and no, no, they, nope, they, no. They <laughs> tease you. They tease you a little bit, and then they just break your heart again. Um, and they're healthy for the most part. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I feel bad for the head coach, Chris Finch, because it's like he, know, he knows. He knows what they're not doing, and he knows what happens when they don't do it. <laughs> and yet, how do, you, how do you make them? How do you make them do it? I don't know that you can. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's times where they look great and then also the, the last part of that fourth quarter they got ice cold and then the turnovers you're like good lord here we here we go again <laughs> unbelievable uh one, I, I did see they brought up that foreign player now again because they, they sent him down Bomero. they sent him down for a couple games and he tore it up in iowa back so, well, 22 points a game down and i would last Ooh, two games, so. well, maybe off the bench maybe a spark off the bench let the kid play and see what he can do he can't yep. do any worse no right? No, get them up there. Um, one quick twins note, and I guess speaking of addition by subtraction, goodbye, Alexander Colomay. Goodbye. Please, 
grab your stuff and leave. There we go. I mean, that, that, that Colomay thing bothered me so much because didn't he blow, he blew the first game of the season for us. Didn't didn't we have a, a, maybe a two or three run lead in in the opener. We were on the road and, and it looked like we were going to, you know, start the season uh, undefeated. And then he blew it. He blew the, he blew the save and you were like, okay, everybody's got a bad game in them and, and anybody on any given day, right. Can blow up, can blow a save. And so don't, don't judge him yet. And then he continued to do it over and over and over again, all season long. And then there I was at, at twins games at target field in August and in September and guys, they're still trotting them out there as yeah. the closer. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how many times he gave up the lead. But you're right, Greg. It was, oh, oh, I don't know, 15, 20. It was, it was plenty. It, it was disheartening in the sense that at the end of April, we all knew it. Yeah. And then we had to watch it unfold yeah. all season long. Well, we're committed to them. You know, right. Oh. And, and then and then the, the Rogers, Taylor Rogers, the one guy you would have maybe swapped him out with, ends up busting up his finger so he can't he's he doesn't even play the the last couple of months of the season Taylor so he can't even swap him out with him and and so we had an option we had an option on him we could have brought him back for cheap and thank god one of the first moves the twins have made of the offseason was saying goodbye to Alexander Colomay right <laughs> it's someday someday we'll be at a twins game and there will be a guy in front of us wearing a twins jersey and it'll say Colomay on the back and you'll be like why <laughs> Wow. Were they, were they giving those away? <laughs> the guy oh, man. Jersey. What are you doing? Did you find that in the parking lot on November 10th? <laughs> Somebody bust your car window and leave it in the dash? <laughs> I, even then, that's just, a, that's just a rag for washing your car. Well, guys, are back at it next week, hopefully with a better attitude.